Hi everybody, welcome to the Wednesday 4pm UK time of the 100 Pounders meeting on Away Footsteps. The date is 28th of October 2020 and I am passing it over now and would like to welcome our speaker, Denise. Denise B, take it away Denise, thank you. Thanks Rita. Hi everybody, I'm Denise B, a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Ireland and an absolute pleasure to be here with you all today. So I'm just going to share a little bit of my experience, uh, strength and hope. Um, I too came into these rooms with a lot more than 100 pounds on my body. Um, when I came into the rooms, I had stopped my weighing myself at uh, about 23 stone, which for those and others, about 322 pounds. But I topped much higher than that before I came uh, into the rooms eight years ago. Uh, my entire life had been up to that point about the food. I lived for it. Everything in my life was about the food. That wonderful line in the big book where it talks about the effect, you know, food gave me an effect. Food allowed me to live in this world. Um, without it, I always felt raw. I felt like I didn't belong. I felt that I was awkward. I felt that I didn't matter. Um, and my whole life up to that point was really, you know, a series of experiences is the only way I could describe it where I just merely survived and most of my survival techniques were through binging binging and then dieting and binging and dieting and restricting and binging food was my best friend my confidant my lover everything you know um and in the early days I'd be lying if I didn't say to you that food didn't work it did work you know through my childhood it, it kept me sane in a childhood that was quite um, difficult, you know, with a lot of uncertainty. Um, but as time went on in my life, food stopped being my friend and it very quickly started to become my enemy. And for me, uh, my journey was one where there came a point where the restrictor stopped, the button stopped working. I couldn't diet anymore. And the weight started to go on and on and on. And, you know, I've shared this before, depending on when you saw me throughout my life, you know, you never knew what version of me you were getting. Were you getting the version of me who was outward and the party central because I'd lost a bit of weight? Or were you getting the girl who was sitting in the corner, pulling her jacket around her like this and afraid to leave the seat because I didn't want anybody to look at me? And that could be only a matter of a weeks in the difference. Such was the volume of food. Volume was my thing and still is my thing if I am not recovered one day at a time, you know. Um, and when I ate, and again, I do share this regularly, life got quiet. I loved that sensation, what the food did for me. You know, it stopped the chatter in my head. It stopped the obsession. It stopped me feeling I wasn't good enough and everything went quiet. I hurt so many people in my illness. I never showed up to things. I'd make you a million promises and never show up. I um, was always telling people that next week it was going to be different or Monday morning it was going to be different. I was very difficult to live with because if you were living with me, today I wasn't eating this color food and next week I was eating all around me and the week after I wasn't eating that type of food and such was the roller coaster and such was my life. And it beat me. 
it beat me into absolute and utter submission into being hospitalized with issues with my bowels, having suicidal thoughts, not wanting to wake up in the morning, um, feeling so shameful. You know, I used to look at my friends and wonder why can they stop and I can't. I didn't know there was such a thing as food addiction. I just thought I was a bad person. I was stupid. I couldn't understand you know, that I was intellectual and I'd been through university and yet I couldn't manage this. So all that real badness, you know, that stuff that I used to tell myself that I was just worthless, you know, um, and food did beat me. And what happened was my rock bottom, you know, and I'm very honest about this, came in two folds. And the first was where I had binged so, so badly that, um, my bowels actually started to erupt and I ended up passing out, ended up in hospital um, and didn't know how to come out of it. You know, the doctors were saying to me, this is going to kill you. You need to stop eating. They may as well have been telling me to climb Mount Everest. I didn't know how to stop eating. You know, that was just unbeknownst to me. And a friend of mine who was in AA said to me one day, I think you've got a problem. And I remember laughing and saying, I don't have a problem. You know, I open a bottle of wine in my fridge and it goes off and I'm throwing half of it down the sink. And he had the courage to say to me, no, sweetheart, he said, I'm not talking about the drink. I'm talking about the food. And that was the first time somebody had put addiction and food in the one sentence for me. But I wasn't ready to hear it, actually. And it took another few weeks where I got the courage to reach out and ring, you know, the central number that tells you there's a local meeting. And, um, and I found that courage. I rang and I went to the local meeting, you know, on a Monday night over eight years ago and nobody else turned up. And I stood outside the meeting and nobody else was there. And I thought, right, I've tried it. I've tried it, but the seed was sown and I couldn't get it out of my head. And something intervened. It wasn't me that said, ring the number again. And I got this wonderful person. And that's why I'm so passionate about the service we all give. I got this wonderful person on the other line that said, you know, just come back tomorrow night, just come into the rooms. And I did. And I genuinely thought I was going to walk into these rooms. You were going to show me how to eat everything I ever wanted to eat and lose all the weight and everything was going to be fine. And that's not what I got. What I got was the complete opposite and exactly what I needed. I got people who were all shapes and sizes, who were loving, kind and caring, who spoke the deepest, darkest secrets in my heart and spoke them openly but spoke about them in the past tense because that wasn't the way they were living today. And I thought to myself, that beautiful line, welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, welcome home. And I thought, do you know what, actually, I actually do feel at home with these people. And then they got up and started hugging each other and kissing each other and high-fiving each other. And I thought, oh my Lord, what have I walked into? That was the moment I thought this might be a bit culty for me. But again, the seed had been sown and I was so desperate. But I didn't walk into the rooms the first night and stop eating. That was not my truth. I had another few months of really hardcore eating in me and I hit rock bottom in the rooms. 
I absolutely, I had, you know, that beautiful saying, I had a head full of OA and a belly full of food and a disconnect in between an absolute horrific desperation, shame, guilt, and not wanting to go on. And I asked somebody to sponsor me out of sheer desperation. You know, my sponsors over the years, and I have amazing sponsors, have said to me, willingness is overrated, Denise. It's all about the desperation of taking action. And I believe in that because it was desperation that got me to reach out and ask for a sponsor. It was the desperation that got me to finally admit that I was a compulsive overeater, that I had a food addiction and that it was going to kill me. And it was absolute desperation that got me out of the food 24 hours and long enough to actually open the big book and start working the steps. And that is what I did. You know, I held on to the steps like Honestly, it was my lifeline, because if you were taking away the only thing that had allowed me to survive in this world, you had to give me something that I could focus on and the steps and working the steps. And I've worked them through the big book. There are so many wonderful ways to work the step in this program. You know, it's all about working them. It doesn't matter what way it gets you to 10, 11 and 12. It's just about working them. And I held on to those for all I was worth. And slowly, one day at a time. I was brought out, as Bill W. talks about, of that morass of self-pity and that loneliness and despair. And people in fellowship loved me enough to get me through that, you know, um, because I didn't love myself. You know, that's still a work in progress, guys. I'll be honest with you. You know, today I can think I'm awesome. Tomorrow, maybe not so much. That's a work in progress. But I was also told two very big things. Number one, if you focus on the program, you'll lose the weight. If you focus on the weight, you'll lose the program. I got abstinent and recovered by the grace of God almost eight years ago. And to this day, I have never stood on a weighing scale. From the very beginning, I knew that I could not have that power in my hands. My doctor weighed me from the very beginning any time I was in with them four or five times a year has never told me the number. I couldn't tell you today what I weigh. All my doctor tells me is I'm a normal, healthy weight, whatever that means. I'm not sure, but I'll take it. Um, because the number would never have been enough for me. Never. And I held on to that flimsy read again, like they talk about in the big book, you know, of focus on the program, Denise, and the weight will take care of itself. You know, and that has been my truth. That's been my journey, you know. Um, and over the years, there have been times, truthfully, where it has frustrated me. You know, I would get so far and then it would plateau and I would get so far. But that's what surrendering to a power greater than myself is about. You know, the steps have focused me. So I'm just watching my time. The steps have taught me that my life isn't my own today. You know, I made a decision in step three to turn my will and my life over to my higher power. My higher power, who I call God, is awesome. Like he is in my corner, my cheerleader, hanging out with me in the car. We're having a chat in the shower. You know, he's my best friend, my teacher, my employer, my director. Um, you know, and I have to work very hard every day in 10, 11 and 12 to stay recovered one day at a time. I am not cured. 
I am not cured. I am one bite away from being that girl that was 330, 340 pounds, you know, wearing a size in UK sizes, 26, 28 clothing. You know, I am one bite away from that. And it would not take me that long to be back there, I can tell you, and the rest. So I have to work and live this program like my life depends on it, because it does. My life depends on all of you being on this journey with me, on my higher power being in my corner, and by ultimately surrendering every day to that power. Because on my own, I am powerless and my life is unmanageable, you know, and that is my truth. Today, I don't have to live like that. Today, I get to live a recovered life. And it is awesome. It's not for the faint hearted. There's a lot of work in it. You know, I'd love to tell you it's easy. It's not simple, but not easy. And a price does have to be paid. And that price is every day before anything else in my life, my recovery has to take priority. And today, genuinely, I'll finish with this. Today, recovery is not my priority. Or sorry, recovery is my priority, but it's not my identity. It's not my identity. Because you know why? Now I can show up for people. I can show up and be of service to people. I can have real relationships in my life. I can be there. I can enjoy those moments with people because I'm not sitting thinking about when am I going to get my next fix? When am I going to put the next piece into my mouth? When, 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 when am I going to be able to lock the doors, pull down the blinds, turn off the phone and stuff my face? Because that was my life for years and years and years. It's not my life today contingent on living in this wonderful program, connecting with all of you because I can't do this on my own. I cannot do this on my own. I need all of you. You guys are my God with skin on, on any given day, you know, when I'm feeling a bit low and I can't connect to my own God. And, uh, and this program really is a miracle. It's given me back my life, you know, and I've seen the miracle in sponsoring of how many sponsees have gone on this journey as well. So to anybody who's new, I would say, hang in there. You know, this has worked for millions of people all over the world. None of us are so special that it's not going to work for us once we do the work. And with that, I will absolutely pass. Rita, thank you again for the time and uh, God bless to everybody.